Hi, this is Tim Sanders, founder of the Omnia Radiation Balancer, and I'm honored to have been a guest on the Journey to Truth show. Now with phone radiation, most people think that because they can't feel anything, nothing is happening. But the reality is that this radiation is causing a lot of stress and damage in your body, and your brain doesn't register that it's happening. The likelihood is that you'll only find out about it when this continuous stress shows up in the body as disease. And this is backed up by well over 10,000 peer-reviewed studies showing that EMF causes serious diseases when they tested it on rats. The Omnia Radiation Balancer removes this stress. It's proven to balance the blood, it brings perfect crystalline structure to water, and our kinesiology muscle tests show that the body goes super strong when you stuck it on your phone. And it works with 5G. You just order enough patches to cover every radiating device in your home, and you're done. It lasts forever. But to be clear, let's not get complacent. We must all stop 5G together. So big thanks and big love to Tyler and Aaron. Click on the link below and you can quickly and permanently bring balance back to your body. Thank you. Hey, you're listening to Journey to Truth podcast. Tonight we are joined by Alex Patu. I hope I said that right. Outstanding. Uh, <laughs> um, Alex is, he is a military veteran. So he served as a third class petty officer in the U.S. Navy for two years. He served two years a in, what? Actually, it was four years total, two years aviation, and then two years as the personal chef. Well, I was getting to that part next. So, <laughs> I and then two years in aviation on the flight deck of the USS Harry S. Truman, and then two years as a personal chef for the commanding uh, officer of the ship. And then from 2001 to 2005, Alex served in Iraqi freedom, where he personally witnessed the fall of the World Trade Center on 9/11, which I'd love to uh, touch on wow. if we can. Yeah, sure, definitely. And then. Um, uh, following your time in the military, you returned home. I, I think you did some stuff in the music industry, and uh, you served eight years in law enforcement as a yes. local police officer. So, yeah, uh, yeah. So, yeah, there's definitely, and you have an amazing, inspirational story to tell. I know you've went through a lot of stuff. Um, I'll let you tell everyone about sure. that. Sure, so sure. You'll do a lot better job than I can. So, sure. Uh, all that said thanks uh for coming on and we're glad to have you man we're excited to get into this we're gonna hey, get, thank y'all we're gonna try and get, get deep tonight and uh rip the band-aid off as you as you say <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah hey you know thank y'all for having me uh tyler and aaron um i'm just humbled and blessed i started off about a about a year ago when i just decided to say fuck it and I decided to call John D'Souza and he answered the phone and we just had an amazing conversation and that really started merging myself into meeting more enlightened people, not just in America, but all around the world. So thank you guys for what you guys do. You guys are the messengers. People believe and understand what's going on people believe and understand what you guys are doing thank you for your message thank you for being a part of this world right now 
right oh, now. Oh man, likewise. Oh. Yeah, thank you. For, Same to you, man. Thank yeah. you so much. And yeah, we couldn't be happier to be doing this. Uh, it's amazing. It's it's truly amazing. Uh, so I wanted to really, I'm really fascinated to hear about some of your time spent in the military as far as, sure. as, far as any classified stuff that you might have seen. And I know you, uh, you actually had, a, a, I don't know if it was a UFO sighting or you witnessed some type of craft while you were uh, on board. As, go ahead. So, so, you know, one of the great things about being part of the USS Harry Truman is what Harry Truman stood for, okay? And what Harry Truman did within the secret space program, okay? Now, everything has symbology. Everything in the military has symbology. The anchors on the USS Harry's Truman are actually from the USS Forrestal, okay? Because Forrestal was the uh, Secretary of the Navy at the time when Truman was there. Forrestal was also the aircraft carrier that caught fire that John uh, McCain's aircraft pretty much shot a missile and made other uh, aircraft explode, which started one of the biggest aircraft fires in naval history. Being on the Truman and being blessed to be in the positions that I were, uh, started off fueling jets on board my aircraft carrier, then was moved to primary flight control, which if you've, you've ever seen Top Gun, when he makes that flyby and he says ne negative ghostwriter, the pattern is full, I worked there. That's where I worked. And my job was what's called forward spotter. So my job was watching Cats 1, Catapult 1, and Catapult 2 on board the flight deck. And this was during flight operations. Uh, there's a moment during op before Operation Iraqi Freedom that I can talk about now that George Bush Sr. sat in the air boss's chair right next to me and watched flight operations. Secret Service was sitting on the couch in, in, in Pride Fly watching Porky's on TV. Um, <laughs> to have a moment like this where he was a Navy veteran, but then you learn more about who Bush really was. And yeah. just to be in that man's presence for a moment was just awe-inspiring. It was weird. It was awe-inspiring. It was crazy. Um, so in my time as primary flight control, I also became a Knight of Columbus within my church. And this is before I became a Mason, a Freemason. And, you know, the Knights of Columbus uh, is as secretive as Freemasons. I'm just going to say that right off the bat. Uh, I, right off the bat. And I got to make friends with the lieutenant commander of my aircraft carrier because he was also a Knight of Columbus. And he allowed me to come and hang out with him in his stateroom because where I lived was around 40, 40 men living in, 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 a, in a bunk area, very small inside of a ship. And so he allowed me to come hang out and just relax. And one day we were deep in the conversation. This is 2003. And just like I'm talking to you right now, he looked at me and said, UFOs are real. <laughs> and, I was, and, and look, I was a kid that read books about UFOs and Bigfoot and all that stuff since I was like five years old, go to the library. Mm -hmm. But the way he said it was like the way no one had ever said it ever before. It was so matter of fact, just like I'm talking to you right now. Yeah. Um, there was a moment where we had a pilot that actually went down 
And we had, we actually lost an aircraft and four pilots doing operations one time. Uh, people think that with all the technology that we have right now that we can't lose aircraft and pilots off of a flight, off of a flight deck. And I will tell you, the flight deck is considered one of the most dangerous places to work in the world. I don't care how much technology you have. You have an aircraft that comes in at 160 miles an hour to zero in two and a half seconds and then launches at zero to 160 miles an hour at two and a half seconds. Billion dollar machines. The technology is incorporated. You still, though, have people who lose their lives in aircraft situations. So we lost an aircraft. We lost the pilots. But while we were searching and looking, I uh, was given a pair of uh, night vision goggles because I was out on, on the flight deck. And now, look, we're in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, okay? There's, I want you to picture this. There is no moon, stars, very little stars. Sometimes it wasn't completely starry, starry nights all the time, even in cloud cover. Um, but it was a little bit of stars. I put on those night vision glasses and those goggles and holy shit, the stuff that I saw looking up in the sky, it blew my mind. I saw things moving. I'd never seen move before. I, 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 I it, it, it was un fucking believable if i can use that language and yes i'm a sailor and yes i curse i'm as real as real can be okay so i saw that i was blown away um after i left primary flight control uh i was asked to become the personal chef for the commanding officer of my aircraft carrier because i would go into the flight officer's galley and kind of make the food taste a little bit better uh, they, they knew my family's background in the restaurant business in New Orleans. And so these pilots who were from Louisiana, like, please, please, can you just go into the galley and just show them how to take off burnt cheese off of the lasagna, just how to just rip it off. I was like, yeah. So, so I, I went in there. <laughs> I wasn't teaching them how to make hollandaise or anything like that. It was just simple little stuff. Well, it made a difference in the flavor of the food. And the commanding officer of my aircraft carrier one day was having a meeting with one of the squadron captains and noticed that the food was tasting better in their galley than in his. And now <laughs> every commanding officer of every United States aircraft carrier, both the commanding officer and the admiral on board, have their own galley and have their own staterooms. And I'm going to tell you this, guys, those staterooms, if, if you would instantly beam from one place to another, you wouldn't think you're on a nuclear powered aircraft carrier that could take down an entire country. 80 aircraft at one time in one place, over 5,000 people, a city out at sea, American, four and a half eight acres of US sovereign territory anywhere in the world. And I tell you this I love our president and I love our president for what he stands for for this flag because so many of our brothers and sisters who have given the last full measure of devotion. That flag was laid on their coffin. They served their country, and now they continue to serve their God. So I had the opportunity to become the personal chef of the CO. I tested out for them. I made a, I made a chicken and sausage gumbo in the middle of the Mediterranean, and uh, he was blown away by it. And so I took care of two COs, and my second CO was when we started, when we really got started an Operation Iraqi Freedom. Um, Going back to 9-11, I was still working in fuels. It was, a, uh, it was a cold morning that day. 
And we just finished cleaning our birthing area or our housing area where we lived on board ship. And it was about a quarter to, uh, excuse me, 8.15. And um, we turned on the TV. And look, we're flipping through the TV trying to find something to watch because we're bored. There's, there's nothing else for us to do. We've cleaned our area. We're ready for inspection. It's inspection ready. And they passed the channel. And it was a building on fire. And I, I, I told them, I said, y'all, go back. They said, that was just a movie. I said, they don't have movies on CNN fucking go back now so when we went back to cnn there it was and we watched the we watched it as the first tower is 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 everything's going with the first tower and then we watched the second tower and then we watched the aircraft whatever happened to the second tower whatever happened to the first tower when we saw it happen to the second tower when we saw that i knew that my military service changed in an instant that it was done, that everything that we thought we were going to have was having a great Navy life, going port to port and seeing the world and just having a good old time was done. I would say after, I'd say about 20 minutes after the second aircraft crashed over the 1MC, which is the loudspeaker that goes on all departments, compartments, spaces of the aircraft carrier, Captain David Logston said, America has been tacked. We're now moving down to DEFCON 4. So I guess I misunderstood you. So you actually didn't personally witness it. No, no, I did not personally witness. But I witnessed it live on TV on an aircraft carrier that later became the central battle group for Operation Shock and Awe and dropping the bonds in Baghdad. It was my battle group. It was my group. Um, I will always remember it was about two o'clock in the morning and I was working night shift in, in the flight officer's galley and the Intel officer ran in because we don't have TV like you guys have. We, we have what's called the, the armed forces network. And he ran into the galley like you would have thought there was a firecrack in his ass. And he said, we just dropped. We just dropped. It was is it a, yeah, it was an experience you never forget. Yeah. Man, so that that's incredible. Yeah, I can only imagine some of the stuff that you've gone through and seen. Uh, that and then and, and then you talk about class, classified stuff. I watched on my CO's computer and TV in real time the drones flying over Baghdad. And that kind of stuff really wasn't uh, declassified yet. Um, you know, during Operation Iraqi Freedom and Shock and Awe, they already had drones flying over Baghdad while they were bombing so they could see in real time what, what was going on. And that kind of technology was not being used yet. Also, in 2003, on my aircraft carrier, uh, the, the people who put together F-35 were already doing their research on it in 2003. And, 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 and we can talk about D-class and classified timelines on our aircraft that we have now that can show you where we're going in the future. So, so does some of that involve like uh, reversed ET tech, like reverse engineered? Very um, much so. Very uh, much so. Th- Very th- much so. I thought I remember listening to you tell a story about you were on the craft and during one of the air shows in Fort Lauderdale. 
something flew over or what was that? Can you touch on that? So we were off the coast of Fort Lauderdale for a land, air, and sea show, uh, getting ready for uh, Operation Iraqi Freedom. And we also filmed for CBS on board the aircraft with Cuba Gooden Jr., Celine Dion. And I got to hang out with those people. And so that's why we were there. And then we were off the coast for the uh, air show. The B-2 bomber was part of the show for the people on the land. But to see from a distance, okay, that aircraft was so low and slow, it made no noise and it blocked out the sun. And to see a black triangle on your aircraft carrier so low to you and have a, mm, I was like, holy shit. If this is what we have declassified, what do we have classified? And now, look. We have those videos that DOD has released, okay? Call them, call them you know, unidentified, unidentified flying phenomenon or UFO. But my, my heart of hearts tells me that what that was was just having aircraft in the sky to film test runs of aircraft that they already have reverse engineered. It's not aliens. It's not even extraterrestrial spacecraft. That shit we made. We made that shit. Yeah, uh, John D'Souza, Mike Barra, and Michael Sala have all have all diagnosed that video and broke it yeah. down. They've all came to the conclusion that it's most likely an advanced military right. from a black budget program. Yeah. yeah. So it's, yeah, it's interesting. And that's really cool that that's the conclusion you came up with as well. I mean, because look, I saw it with my own eyes. I was on the fucking flight deck. When that B-2 went over so low and slow and huge to block out the sun? Yeah. I'll, I'm like, game over, dog. Game over. Yeah, sure. That's, it's incredible, yeah. man. So what do you think, what are your thoughts on the Space Force then? And that, you know, that being a branch of the military. Space Force, and, you know, I really believe that there's a lot that they have, you know, they're coming out and talking, you know, they're coming out and talking about it. I believe it's now the new branch of what the Marines were for the Navy. It's under the Department of the Air Force. And what has the Air Force been working on since the inception of the Air Force? Okay. So it's a no brainer. I mean, if you just know your facts and know your history, mm-hmm. you know, it's just the next level for Marines, but for the Air Force, because look, the president and, and, and vice president said themselves, we need to be in space because we know that other countries have technology that can be utilized against the defense of freedom, love, and people. And so if the enemy's there, then we need to be where the enemy's at. We need to face the enemy head on, whether it's on, on land, sea, or out of this planet. Yeah. And, you know, we, uh, we always hear about that that false flag ET invasion uh, that, I mean, if that was a potential threat, the reality, this would make a lot of sense why they would initiate the space force when they did. That's, that's right. Because that's right. they know the programs already exist, but now you, right. now you need an official way to bring this technology forward, to expose what's already going on. And, that's to, right. actually, and to actually have a crying chance at stopping this, uh, yeah, because I mean, what if, what if the good side wins this time? What if we can completely eradicate what took place 
November 22nd, 1963, to make sure that we never have another event like that ever happen in American history. And this is how we do it. We do it by you. We do it by, we do it by you, by, by YouTube, by me, by John, by Laura, by Bob, I mean, excuse me, by Ben and Rob, by, by all of us as a collective coming out and being sparks. Because when you add those sparks, you make a fire. And if you can make a fire, geez, look, we can burn down the forest of the deep stank. You know, yeah. Yeah. I, I, truly be, I truly believe that, you know, in this world, we've always had the darkness. And if you think about Kennedy's eternal flame, okay, <laughs> that's the, a president buried in Arlington Cemetery who was a Navy veteran who had an amazing story in the Navy, buried Arlington Cemetery in a simple eternal flame every day, day and night. But the most important part of that flame is that it, it burns at night eternally. So we had a world where the eternal flame burned at night in the darkness. Now, we don't need the darkness. We can be in the light and have the flames in the light. And that the only flame that burns in the daytime is the deep state. And it's getting smaller and smaller and smaller. You know? As a Mason, I've learned one thing. There's dark, and then there's light. There's black, and then there's white. And it's always been like that. It's always been like that. But now we're at the precipice. We are at that point where we, as humans, not just Americans, not Democrats, Republicans, but as humans all together, we have the ability to change the world on a singular level on local levels, by just doing something, step outside of yourself, forgive yourself, learn to love yourself, do something for somebody else. And it's, and it's going to be scary when you do something for somebody else because you don't know what their response is going to be, but you give of yourself without thinking of the consequence. You give of yourself without thinking of what the reward could be. You give because it's the natural human spiritual ability to give of ourselves. Mm-hmm. to others to help another person along well that's and and that's what i said just on our last episode um if you're walking down the street next to somebody and something happens to them and you find yourself in a life and death situation and you have to save their life it doesn't matter what they believe in democrat republican what we right or anything right you're gonna you're gonna instinctively save that person even if five minutes before that you hated them you're still right. them. It's a human. It's a human instinct, and that's what we all have to get back to. Yeah, you know, I people ask me, Alex, when did you have your first awakening? Alex, was it your first awakening? <laughs> <laughs> you let me ask that question. <laughs> well, you know, could it be the times when I would stand on a picnic bench? and look up at the skies and the storms would come and feel the energy of the storms, feel like I could control the wind, I could move it, I could orchestrate like I was just a part of it. Was it when I put a gun in my mouth, sitting on a a wooden swing on an oak tree by a bayou, and I closed my eyes and was ready to pull that trigger and what I saw then? Was it the time when I was 19 years old and going to see my grandparents 
and someone threw uh, a piece of wood into the back spoke of my bicycle. I was going pretty fast and made me fly about 15 feet, bounced twice. And my scar right here, my teeth bit through my lip. I have no tattoos. This is it right here. This is what I got. Um, and someone who just happened to get off work at a hospital passed by and she gets out of her car and she's looking and I'm right there with a bunch of people around looking at me as I'm dying. And I'm, I'm, I'm literally choking on my own blood because I came looking uh, up. Um, that lady, that angel took me to, took me and moved my body to the side to let the blood drain out. And because of that, I'm here. Because of that, I'm allowed to speak to you because of someone's act of just saying, let me see what this does. Because she, tell, she told me that she thought I was done. She said my eyes were dilated. I was already going into the aspect of dying. Okay? Um, but her making that move to allow the blood to drain out has allowed for me to be able to use my gifts, my God-given gifts, to help other people, to bring joy to other people, to make people go through their trauma in their head again and say, guess what? That trauma is not you. You cannot be defined by what you have been through. You're defined by the heart that you already had before you even knew. The spirituality of the God within the, that you already had inside of you. That we're, we, we, we already can do so much with ourselves that we don't even know about just yet. And, 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 and they're talking about it now. They're talking about, Laura talks about it, about how much our human body is really, how powerful it really is. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, it's, it's amazing to, to think about what we're actually capable of. And it's something that comes up a lot on the podcast. And uh, it's, yeah. it's really superhero level stuff. And, yeah, it is. And people will laugh at it that, that aren't aware. They don't, that's the whole part of the programming we're taught to believe that we're limited. Right. And uh, yeah, and it's so, one of this, so how does this tie into the great awakening that we see happening right now? And how do you think this virus plays into all that as well? Well, this, I mean, we could get into the fundamentals of this really easily, but we're not, I don't want to go there because we don't need to because it's already been done. Exactly. I believe that this virus makes everyone black, white, rich, poor, American, non-American, Democrat, Republican, whatever, whoever, orange, it doesn't, it makes every human have to look at their own mortality if they've never done it before. And sometimes that scares the fucking shit out of people because they think about, well, I did this person wrong or I didn't, I didn't fix, I didn't fix this loose end or this happened. I'm not ready yet. I, 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 I can't. No, no, no. It's not. This is not my time. This is not my time. That once we understand that as the great awakening, to have a beginning, you have to have an end. Every beginning before the beginning, there was an end. It's not the end of the world. It's the beginning of the world. We have an end every day when the sun goes down. That's over with. We can't relive that day. That day's done. 
So this allows us, and being quarantined, we can't be with other people at church. Now, 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 now look, our tr- I, thank God we now can go to churches again. People can go back to their houses of worship. They can be a part of the collective like that. But this quarantine allowed us to learn who church was within, within us, mm-hmm. inside of us. Every single one of us, as they say, is a temple, is a house of God. We had to learn, a lot of people had to learn who and what that temple is and then take the trauma that they've had before, as I like to say, BC, before Corona, which if you think about <laughs> BC, right? I mean, what, what was the world before BC, you know, AD, BC, Anno Domini, and BC. So I, I really see this as what we had was BC. And we now, go on. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off like that. No, I was just, no, I was going to say the world before BC was us taking for granted everything in our daily life, even that right. being able to go to church. And I didn't mean to cut you off. I apologize. No, no, no. You're perfect. No. So I wanted to, I wanted to touch on something that you posted on Facebook, actually. Really? Uh, my, you, you really uh, want to talk about my post? Really? Well, wow. you, well, you Dude. said Actually, you sent it. You sent it to me in a in Messenger, and it was a question. Right. It was a question you had, and it really stops and makes you think. It's okay. When, when did America start to think that there was more to nine eleven? Right. And then when did America start to think that there was more to COVID? So that's right. really a great gauge to tell yeah. you where we are as a collective. Yeah. How long did it take for people to start being suspicious of nine eleven? And then did, this did, virus is immediate. Right. You know, I remember, and as someone who watched those towers, and I'm just going to say this, you know, everybody has, I guess, a number that they see when they look at the clock. It just happens to be that. Um, some people, it's 11-11. I'm, I'm 9-11. It's, 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 it's my curse. It's my blessing. But for some reason, whenever I have to look at the clock at the morning time or whatever, and I don't do it on accident, just somehow 9-11, I see the 9-11. And after I lost a friend who was a pilot doing um, practice rounds, getting ready for Operation Iraqi Freedom, I cooked for him one night, and then um, I knew he was going to get off the flight deck and go do some uh, practice operations. But uh, he got vertigo. He was uh, he was was about two thousand feet up, and uh, he thought he was pulling up when they happened to have liquid O2 in his oxygen system, and uh, he actually pulled straight down, hit the water at uh, at a, at about one point five Mach. Um, there was nothing to bury. There was pieces the size of a table, small pieces of table size. remains of the aircraft um they buried that man with an empty coffin his wife his children his family and so after i got out i realized that my prayer for those who lost their lives in the defense of 9-11 on 9-11 i say a little prayer because those families are still suffering today you know, you have all these organizations that, that raise money for these people and their families. 
but you can have as you can have believe me as someone who grew up rich and grew up poor you can have every dollar you want but that doesn't take doesn't bring back the love the memory that that, that person right now so well, I, I always believed I always believed that you know it was it was what Bush said it was you know we have to go after these sons of bitches we have to do this it geared him. I I I I believed it until one day when I was in the music business and I was riding in a, in an, in an uh, elevator with a tour manager and he had a shirt that said nine. 9-11's a big conspiracy. Ask me why. And that hurt me. It fucking hurt me. Because I, I, I bled for this country. I suffered for this country. I, I can't even tell you what it was like sometimes because I thought that my mom gave birth to me and gave me to the military. That all the memories I had as a child, as a teenager, being in college, were all fake. That I would literally was just there sometimes to cut cake to cut slices of cake for 89 days straight it felt like uh, you know um and so when this guy had that t-shirt on i was mad man i was mad i was like no 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 fuck you no there's no way no way but we do know that there was a way now we do know that this was all put together to to go after another agenda not not the agenda that we saw in front of us and yeah patriotism for america is important and yes they brought that out uh you know the veterans got to have something that the vietnam veterans never did and that was a love and appreciation by their country i remember one time i was on a float for a veterans day parade and this vietnam veteran came up to the float he said look i was in vietnam I don't know what this is like. I said, get your ass on board. Get your ass on board. And I want you to ride this float with me. And I watched this man cry because he watched people wave at him and tell him thank you. He never had that when he was in Vietnam. So we were, we were, we were blessed to have that, that, that American psyche about how important the American warrior is in defense of freedom, democracy, whether on, on soil or around the world. So it was hard for me to really per understand the perspective of 9-11. But once I did, you know, think about how long it did take the American psyche about 9-11. How many years was that? I mean, what, about 10, mm -hmm. you know? And now this virus comes into play and it's instantly, there's some more, there's some shit behind this. There's more shit behind this. And it was instant. It wasn't like, oh, it waited a couple weeks. It was instant. And how many people start waking up or waking up today? We're going to wake up tomorrow. Woke up last week. Woke up three months ago. Okay? <laughs> I mean, that in itself, if you can look at the history of that, that tells you that we, the light bearers, the ones who believe in God and that God is real, and that God is that is the true light of goodness and love is real, is existent right now. Um, that's how you know. And yeah, look, I have friends from my hometown in Louisiana that think I'm a whack. And you know, I don't give a fuck. I don't because they haven't seen what I've seen. 
They didn't close their eyes, put a gun in their mouth, and saw their mom over their coffin saying, why did you do it? You had so much going for you. As I hovered right over the coffin and I watched those flickering lights in the funeral home, those fake candle lights in the funeral home, she was over my coffin saying, why did you do it? You had so much going for you. And that's when I took out that round, shot it off, went back in my house and said, mom, I need, I need help. I need mental health. My mom's like, nah, you're fine. You don't need it. Your family's never needed it. Everything's okay. And I had to punch a hole in the wall in the living room at that moment to say, no, things are not okay. Wow. wow. Yeah. So going back to 9-11, cons- comparing it to COVID, I mean, you can see how much of a no-brainer it really is. Yeah, and I, would, I brought that up just to show people the where to, how far the collective has come, the consciousness. Yeah. Collective yeah. consciousness. Uh, that wouldn't have happened back then. It just shows you that this great awakening is happening. And, and then, and then, and then I, I, I apologize. This had a spark in my head. You know, so you look at that time now, timeline, think about the timeline of the, the assassination of John Fitzgerald Kennedy. Uh, the, the Warren report themselves made up the word conspiracy theorist. Yeah. How, how many years did people believe that Lee Harvey Oswald was the end all be all this whole entire thing and that there was such thing as the magic bullet theory? How long did that? How many, I mean, that's, that was years. It wasn't until about the 80s that people started kind of thinking about this and talking about it, and they had little documentaries on TV about it, this and that, but it was still so far-fetched, just like aliens. That's so far, that's, that's not real. That, that, there's no way that could be. But now we do know. We do know that there was a connection with the CIA. We do know there was a connection to the mafia in New Orleans, okay, that there was a connection to Castro with the CCP to take down a man in broad daylight who spoke the truth about what was going on in the world and how he wanted to decimate, he wanted to break down the secret societies. The societies, the, the 1% of the population of the world. Yeah. Okay? He, because, go on. I was just going to say, he wanted to, he wanted to merge. He wanted to take all the three-letter agencies and put them under one. Right. But the with problem. accountability so right just yeah they can do whatever they want which is what they've been doing and and just from some reading i've done it it if had he got that accomplished it wouldn't right. have, it wouldn't have mattered because by then things were so compartmentalized so far gone. even the people at the top of those three letter agencies they were disconnected from the true knowledge mm-hmm. so had it happened they still had to stop it just this way they can set the standard for the next president. Right. But it was, I mean, it really, it goes so deep. If you just start looking into it, it never ends, obviously. Well, I think I can tell you where it starts. And I want to reference when Fox news had president Trump in front of the Lincoln Memorial or sitting in the, area next to where where the statue of lincoln is did y'all see that video that i sent that had that orb that that went over trump's head i mean look do you know how many there were tons of people there for that filming you know you have your secret service you have families of of trump watching to be there you have hey come on and watch this it wasn't just the reporters 
and the people they interviewed in the press. It was a bunch of people out there, out there. And to have something like that, that went right over us, <laughs> I mean, was it planned? I don't know. If we have to remember things, people only believe more of what they see than anything else. I mean, in the, in the New Testament, uh, Apostle Thomas said, Lord, I'm not going to believe you rose from dead unless I can put my hand through the holes that you were crucified in. And so today's perspective of that is mainstream media, is what they see in front of them. And, then, and they believe whatever they see in front of them, a lot of people. But as they interview this guy, an orb goes right over his head. And I want to connect Q to this. Before you connect Q to that, did you yeah. know that there's a video where an orb flew right past that Kaylee McNanny girl, however you say her name, the press secretary? Really? Uh, yeah. Really? Yeah. There, there you go. Yeah. Uh, she, I'm sorry, I can't, I butchered her name, but. Yeah, there's another video out there, and this one's even more prominent than yours. It's it's an orb, and it goes and changes direction, uh, and it's an orb, you know. Right. So, so it's happening. There, some for some reason, they're, that's that's they're allowing that to happen. And did you notice the color? It, it was clear. Did you notice how clear it was? Like a bubble clear. Yeah. And that's that's pure light. That is pure light. If you're about ghosts and apparitions. You know, you look at different things. I've heard Corey Good talk about with the blue light and everything like that. This was pure white orb. It was a, no other color. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah we'll uh, link it's that. It's incredible. If, if I, if I uh, f can find that, I'll link both of those videos. Please do. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, so, let's talk about how it ties in the queue. Yeah. Okay. So Lincoln. Lincoln was the 16th president of the United States. Lincoln freed the slaves, allowed a, a civil war to end, made sure that it was going to end. Lincoln had gifts, uh, premonitions, and Lincoln talked about these premonitions. Lincoln saw his death. He called it. Uh, it, it, it. It's in books. It's in the same books as UFOs. Lincoln was setting up the United States to be a country under God, okay? He was setting up people learning how to love and work together, take away the idea of a black person or, 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 or minority being a slave, okay? His, and then he's assassinated. We know that his vice president, Andrew Johnson, was the 17th president of the United States. So there's no memorial for him. So let's put him on a Lincoln. Now, why? As a person who grew up in New Orleans, my father rode in Mardi Gras, and I'm not going to get too specific, okay? But I've learned in my research and what I saw growing up around Mardi Gras that there's a good and there's a bad, there's a light and there's a dark. On Mardi Gras Day in New Orleans, there is one important Mardi Gras crew, and that's Rex, okay? Rex is light. Rex means the king, and that is a very visible parade, okay? No one knows who the king of Rex is until Mardi Gras morning when it's put out in the newspapers, okay? That's been like that since its inception. 
Now there's another Mardi Gras crew. It's called the crew of Comus. It happens to be the oldest of all Mardi Gras crews. It has no parade. It only happens at night on the night of Mardi Gras. And you never know who the king is. You know who the queens are. You know who the debutantes, you know who the, uh, the butlers, the, the, the dukes and the maids, but you never know who the king is. It's darkness. It's nefarious. There is evidence that the crew of Comus that I found um, doing my research that possibly started by the uh, Rothschild family. And if we know through our research of the Rothschild family how much batshit crazy stuff has happened connected to them. In this article, it said that Andrew Johnson was the king of Comus before the assassination of Lincoln and that he specifically put in motion the assassination. John Wilkes Booth, the assassin, person who was assassinated, is evidence that he was also part of Crew of Comus and that he was there when this order was given that Mardi Gras night. Wow. Okay. Now, you fast forward to Kennedy. And if anything is like Mardi Gras, there is the mobster connection, the mafia connection to New Orleans. Okay. Um, we can get into the Catholic Church connection to the Mafia of New Orleans really simply, but we're not going to do that. We're, I'm just going to keep it this simple that there is connections declassified of a certain family that came from New Orleans that was part of the go order for the kill for uh, Camelot. Because if you remember, Kennedy was all about Camelot and King Arthur and the round table. Okay, to keep to so that there was so that there everything in the open, you know, and an author. If you remember the story of Camelot, of how important King Arthur was and the power that Arthur had, um, that 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 was John F. Kennedy's favorite uh, play was a Camelot. Um, so how the New Orleans connection again with another presidential assassination. Um. You guys saw that picture that was at uh, Ellen's uh, degenerate at her house, huh? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. And you know where she's from, right? Originally. She's from uh, New Orleans. Sure. She's oh, from really? New Orleans. Yeah, she's from New Orleans. So, you know, and then it said R.I.P.Q. And, you know, Eric and Donald Jr., they got their mission. Okay. And we know that Ivanka got her mission and she does such a great job, just a great job at her mission. And then there's Byron. So I believe that it's almost like the same situation with John F. Kennedy Jr. Okay. If John F. Kennedy Jr. would not have left the picture, he would have ran for the Senate of New York. He would have won. He would have set himself up to be president of the United States. Okay. You go into the Clinton Foundation, you go into where they came from. They came from Arkansas. What was coming into Arkansas in the early 80s? Okay. Narcotics. 
yeah. from where? Colombia, who was running it, Pablo Escobar. They made the movie American Made with Tom Cruise about a guy from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, named Barry Seal, who was transporting narcotics from Colombia to Arkansas. Okay. Um, who was governor at the time? Do you think somebody got paid off? I don't know. Okay. But you can see the building blocks of something very, very dark going on right there. And so I believe that John John saw something in Donald J. Trump. You know, with money comes the access to buy knowledge. And as a Mason, believe me, I can understand that. Okay. Your dad's been killed. Your mama marries the most richest person in the world, Aristotle and Nassus, who has the ability to have their own bodyguards. So no one's coming after John, John and Jackie. Okay. And then with that, you're able to buy and find out who actually killed your dad. Um, you take that knowledge, you take the knowledge that John, John learned from people who knew his father, who were close who weren't taken down, okay? He gets in connected with those people. He learns those people. He sees this guy named Donald Trump in New York who has been there, done that, got the T-shirt type of a person. He's big, larger than life, okay? Think about how much money John F. Kennedy Jr. had that came from the Onassis. It's not the Kennedy money. It was the Onassis money. It was the Greek shipping billionaires money, okay? That is so much bigger than the Kennedy money that was made in the, in the early 1900s and bootleg that his dad did and all that stuff. That, that, that's, that's cats and dogs difference. He sees someone like Trump. And he says, this is a guy I can mold. I can really utilize as being my alter ego, Okay. You got the Batman, the Bruce Wayne aspect of things. I can make this guy come off like an asshole, but he 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 has TV shows and he builds all this stuff and and then and then John John's gone. He he dies in a plane crash. Now, did he die in a plane crash? Could he have set himself up knowing that the Clintons were gonna come after him so he faked his own death? I mean, that's a talk about that. Did he really die? The point is, it honestly doesn't matter because the knowledge that John F. Kennedy Jr. gave to Donald Trump is what Trump used against the mafia. All these other nefarious deep stank organizations. In the 1980s, where was Mike Tyson boxing at? He was boxing at Trump Towers yeah. in Las Vegas. Yeah. How many people... Uh, uh, gambled against Mike Tyson or for Mike Tyson. How much mafia was influenced in these fights? And I'm just talking about one singular, you know, event or events. How many other things happened at Trump, Trump Towers in Vegas? How much stuff did this man learn that he knew that when the right time presented himself, he could jump in and then from the inside, take it down. Mm -hmm. yeah. that is the beginnings and look Q goes into so many other things but I, I I believe that to understand where you're going you gotta know where you've been and um 
that's that's my my interpretation for what I feel and and and, and just things how, how things have manifested themselves with me and um that's that's just how how I feel about those things yeah and and it's not it's no secret I just watched a video today where Trump says I think I can break the deep state like he goes, oh yeah, yeah wow he, 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 he flat out said it he goes I think we're at a point now where I can break him because I came here to take him down and he just goes, I mean, it was the most transparent I've ever seen him be. He was just straightforward. He wasn't talking in code. He was right. laying it down and it was beautiful. Make, make sure you guys send me that link later. Um, you know, it was funny, you know, Ben and Rob and you guys uh, with Journey to Truth, and Laura and the whole enlightened community have been using that deep state terminology for a good minute now. But I'll always remember I was driving in my car and I was listening to uh, Sean Hannity. And when he said deep stink, I was like, holy shit. Wow. He's going to bring this terminology into people that have no idea what it's about. And he's going to build a community of people who are part of that aspect of the conservative mainstream, and they're going to learn about this. And I mean, and now you have the president after having all of us and those people on the alliance, bringing it out, putting it out there that now the president could just blatantly just bring it up. Like it's just no big deal. You couldn't do that seven months ago. Shit, you couldn't have done that three months ago, okay? I mean, look at our timelines of how things are changing. If I would have told you 10 months ago that uh, we're going to be living in a new normal and that um, the DOD is going to uh, declassify alien technology, um, you would have thought I was stupid. But again, disclosure, great awakening, come for the UFOs and stay for the self-discovery. And... Um, I really believe that right now we are in the self-discovery period. We have passed the part that it, 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 if you're still learning about the aliens, that's good and great. Continue doing your research. But the more important thing that you need to learn is yourself and learn how you are, learn how you operated BC and how you operate now and learn that, guess what? It's okay to be you. It's okay to have, you know, a, a background that you're not afraid of. I mean, look at me times that Trump did something stupid or said something stupid, you know, grabbing the peas or whatever. I mean, people talk shit. People say all kind of stuff. But is that as bad as someone ripping a child's face off to utilize uh, the, the adrenaline into the, blood, into the blood so they can drink that and have that energy? And look, if this can't make YouTube like this, cut it. But, but you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm talking. You know, you guys understand that, you know. What's what's worse? What's what's really worse? And then we can go into the emails. And, to, and you know, I mean, you, this guy is talking about grabbing pussies when we have someone who fucking was a traitor to the United States of America. The yeah. end. Well, the end. That, and that's just it. So the people who are angry at Trump right now who don't know any better, the, the thing that we need to remember is that so the prior presidents, while they... They appealed to the public eye and they, they 
squeezed into that mold and they were that public figure that everybody right. wanted to be in the right. background the stuff they were doing is the most unspeakable stuff you can't even imagine so it's flipped now we have a guy who's who's an asshole to the public you know <laughs> to the people but what he's doing behind the scenes is the greatest thing this planet has ever seen you have to remember he is our pt bartum he is the modern day P.T. Barnum. I'm going to have you watch left hand while the right hand is fucking take you down. He is the greatest salesman we have. He knows how to manipulate. He knows how to market. He knows how to make you look stupid without you even opening your mouth. I mean, sleep, <laughs> Sleepy Joe. I mean, how, how simple of having just that, that thought process of coming up with Sleepy Joe. His marketing team. I mean, they've been with him since The Apprentice. He's had the same people, you know, writing. It's the same group. It's the. It's just brought to you by uh, T R U M P, and um, we are we we are living in, we're living in a, a great place in American history right now that we'll tell our grandchildren one day that we were there when, we were there when. America could open their eyes for the first time. Doesn't matter if you're Democratic or Republican, that we're all Americans. And that's what matters. That's what really matters. This land under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. And and uh, amen. It, amen. Yes. And it's and it is America, but it's it, this is Q is worldwide. This oh, yeah. is this is a worldwide takedown. This isn't just oh, yeah. America, but it starts with America. It starts with America. Yeah. That's right. It starts with America, land under God. It starts here. And then that light, that same light, that same eternal flame can be brought to all freedom-loving people around the world. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, and there's, there's, I just listened to a lady the other day talking. She's from the Netherlands. Mm -hmm. She... Uh, you know, she has a channel promoting Trump and the Q movement from the Netherlands. And she and she's was saying, like, if these people in America could see from our perspective, they would be and they would be so grateful to have Trump. You know, the people who right. they don't understand it. They, they would be so grateful because they have all the same corruption in other parts of the world. Yeah. They don't have Trump. Their leader right. is just as corrupt as the rest of the country. So, right. So it's just something that it's just another perspective to see it, look at it from. Yeah. 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 You know, um, I live in the state capital of Louisiana, and the state capital itself, the building structure, is the highest state capital of all capitals in the United States. It's even, uh, as capital-wise, taller than the U.S. capital as our federal capital. So technically, it is the tallest representation of America, of a capital, in this great land. For three weeks, at the very top of our capital, the American flag flew ripped. American flag when any state capital or any state building or any federal building should never fly one day ripped. The sacrifices these men and women have done in defense of freedom, democracy around the world. 
I made phone calls as a veteran, honorably discharged, as an honor guard in the American Legion that fires off around for the 21 gun salute so that their families can see in the last time how important their service to this country was. I couldn't stand for that. I could not one bit. So I made phone calls. I used my spark. And I got in touch with Washington, D.C. I got in touch with one person specifically whose name is Congressman Clay Higgins. Congressman Higgins served our country and the United States Army, came back to his home, Louisiana, and became a police officer for his parish. He later became the public affairs officer for his parish, where he called out gang members and said, if you want to kill somebody, you want to rob somebody, come to me. Come on. And he had his brothers in blue all lined up behind him. Said, you want to bring a war? Come on. We're ready. Us brothers in the badge that I humbly wore and so many others, we're here. That, what he did, caught a spark on a national level that people found out about who he was. And people wanted him to run for congressman. He ran and he won. And so when I told my brother that an American flag on the highest capital of this land flew ripped, he was on it. And I will say this, that my brother Clay and Trump, they're damn good friends. And they were working and everything that they could on their side to get our Democratic governor, John Bell Edwards, to change that flag. But for three weeks during COVID, it flew ripped. And so I tried to find, because I was like, you know, there, the, there, this is for a reason. This has to be a reason. Because in no way, shape, or form, on a regular day, would that flag for one minute ripped, seen, would have flown. So this is flying for a reason. And if y'all remember, uh, Memorial Day was yesterday as we're filming this. And Trump was at Fort McKinley. Fort McHenry, sorry, I apologize. Speaking about the importance of this flag, our American flag, because why he was there was because that flag flew, which made the Star Spangled Banner written. It inspired it because he, well, he saw the next day that through all the bullet holes and the cannons and the ripped American flag, that even though it was ripped, it still flew. That flag has now been changed. Clay and the people in Washington, D.C. brought a new flag and that a new flag flies high. But for three weeks, I really believe that it flew in symbolism of the American people who have died from this invisible enemy, from this invisible virus. It flew just like it flew at Fort McHenry. Proud, injured, yes, but proud and still there. I just want our Louisiana governor to say why. Why did it fly for three weeks ripped? And I've had people tell me, Alex, that's no big deal. You don't need to worry about that. That's, that's nothing. But it is something. 
Because if you worn that flag on your uniform, if you saluted that flag, if you've watched it drape over a coffin of an American veteran, then you know how important that flag is. You know, when I went on my first port of call, it was in Marseille, France. And growing up in South Louisiana, I learned French culture very well, especially growing up in the restaurant business in South Louisiana. I learned how to cook French food, Cajun food, that kind of stuff. So I thought it was very cool to go to France. But I tell you, when I got there, the French flag flew. And people mobbed in the streets as we were there. People, people were not happy with us being there in Marseille, France. Us American soldiers and sailors, airmen and Marines, being, they were not happy. But I remember this old lady came up to us, me and my shipmate, as we were there watching this um, protest happen. And she was that typical French lady that you ever think of, bent down. She had the, the veil over her and everything like that. And she looked at us and said, thank you. She had her baguette. She had her bread. She said, thank you, because if you weren't here, we would have been speaking German. And she remembered. Wow. Yeah. You know, so when I got back on my carrier and I looked up at that flag at the top of the carrier, I knew I was home. No matter where I was in the world, no matter where we sailed, I was on four and a half acres of U.S. sovereign territory. And then when we came back from Operation Iraqi Freedom and I got to see that flag fly on our homeland, the people who are listening to this who are veterans, they know what I'm talking about. They know that feeling. It's like, yes, we get to see that flag again on our home turf. It says everything. It's not just a piece of cloth. It represents so much. And so if that flag flew for three weeks, ripped, I believe that we should have a good explanation of why it did that. And I will stand firmly as a representation, as the figure that asks the question, Q, question everything. What's the answer? Bravo. <laughs> Uh, wow. No, ser seriously, that's Amazing. great, great work, man. Good job calling them up and getting that flying again. Uh, that's that's really awesome. And uh, you know, like you said, you used your spark, and that's that's beautiful. Right. And look, if I can do that, then you watching at home, sitting on your couch or on your computer, or on your phone, in your office or in your car, you have a spark. Every single one of you have a spark, and you already know how to use it. You just can't be afraid. Remember, the darkness is fading away and light will shine through the darkness, but it takes your light. It takes you to stand up, just like Aaron and Tyler, just, just to stand up and say, I have a voice and I want to make a difference. And you can use your voice and still be silent by your actions. Mm -hmm. um, that that's where we go. We go one, we go all. And I believe that we're going towards the light. And it takes, uh, takes the person who's watching this right now. You already know who you are, and I know you can feel it inside of you. All you got to do is just be you and go forward because there's nothing in the back. The one thing we learned in the military was never go back, go forward. I don't care how small the step is 
or how big the step is. As long as you're going forward, you're making a difference. You're doing your part. So continue to go forward, ladies and gentlemen. I love y'all so much. Yeah, thank you, man. Amen to Beautiful. that. And with that, thank we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. Um, thanks for coming on, man. It was awesome. Yeah. I feel like thank you so much. Man. I feel like you have you're just bursting at the seams with information. So I know you wanted to touch on your YouTube channel, and maybe you, uh, you're starting a podcast or you have a podcast. Yeah. So um, yeah, I have a YouTube channel that I started um, last year. I felt compelled, and I and I have some videos on it. And I haven't made any videos in a while, but I want you to watch the old ones, and I want you to see how the old ones really can still transcend into what's going on right now. I talk about the Catholic Church. I talk about some crazy shit because I've seen some crazy shit and I've experienced some crazy shit. Um, I have my Facebook page. Like, come like me on Facebook. Make, make me a Facebook friend. Reach out to me. Tell me your story. Tell me what your trauma is that you went through, that you broke through. Or tell me about the trauma that you're trying to break through right now because we're all here. And look, I'm never going to be, oh, well, I don't want to help a person. No. My job as a servant to the servant of God is to be there for all of us. You know, I'm going to tell you all something real quick. Um, if you give, let me just do this. I was named after my father. Okay. And he was named after his father before him. Okay. My grandfather, my entire, my, 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 my first two part of my name is Eugene Alexander. And if you go into the meaning of what Eugene means, okay, it is uh, Greek, and it means noble or well-born. If you go into what Alexander means, sorry, I, I'm dyslexic, and then on, on time, hold on. <laughs> No problem, brother. Okay. Meaning of Alexander. It is Greek and is defender and protector of mankind. I have served in the military. I have served in law enforcement. I'm blessed to come from an amazing family that has done some amazing things, not just on local levels, but on world levels. Um, I was humbled and blessed to be born well-born. At the same time, I'm also humbled and blessed to be a defender of man. And so should you. You are well-born. And every single one of you is a defender of man. It's time to step up. Our light, your light starts today. Let's shine. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, all right. And uh, you said, did you mention you had a podcast you were starting up? So, yeah. Um, Dave K., has decided to roll the dice with me. Um, he, 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 he thinks I have something. And so he's going to be putting together his own production company, and we're going to be having my own show under the Dave K Productions. Uh, tentatively, the title is The Road Least Taken with Alex. And, you know, my life, just like the poem in Robert Frost, I decide to le to take the road least taken, and that has made all the difference. Yeah. And there are many other people out there who took the road least taken, and they know it's made all the difference too. So that is what it's going to be. I'm going to talk about everything from cooking to conspiracies. 
and everything in between. And I, I'd love to have you guys as as guests, you know, return the favor. Have you guys come on at, as my guest? Yeah, totally. Dude. Thank you. Yeah, we would absolutely yes. love that. And, and good luck with that, man. I think you definitely got it. You, you have that. Uh, you just you just screaming host, right? You just, yeah. You can tell well, well, look, it's funny. I actually tried to do stand up comedy once, and this guy said, "Dude, you're not a comedian. You're a fucking hype man." <laughs> <laughs> fucking Mr. Colin, like ten years ago, you know. Oh, that's great. Um, no, I mean that's awesome. Uh, real quick, before yeah. just a one one word answer. What's your favorite dish you've ever made? <laughs> I, I like, oh, you're good. You're being like me. You, you, you're turn, turning the tables around. Um, uh, the one thing that I feel I can do consistent every time, knock out of the park, would be like a nice grilled shrimp cream pasta with some fresh pesto incorporated with it. Or we can do a nice classic crawfish etouffee with uh, steamed rice. All right. Or I could just throw... Throw on a fucking steak, right? Just a nice <laughs> fucking ribeye, 22 ounce bone in, you know, and have it go from there. Send me those recipes. We'll put them in the description. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. You yeah. got it, guys. All right, man. We're going to wrap this up. Uh, we're going to plug really quick. Uh, Aaron and I will be at Camp Disclosure in North Carolina at the end of the summer, August 27th through 31st. Uh, we're setting up a Experiencers Lounge. We're going to be interviewing people. Everybody there has something to say. They've had experiences. So we're going to, wow. you know, awesome. whoever wants to come forward, we're going to film it. We're going to compile video, but we're also just going to be hanging out uh, and just whatever. It's going to be awesome. We're going to be doing a lot of cool stuff. So that's awesome. The link is going to be below as well. So if you want to buy tickets, get them now. Uh, there's not, um, there's like 200 tickets. 180 left. 180 left, okay. maybe less than that by now. I don't know. But anyway, uh, just making sure that you guys know about that and uh, we'll have that information in the link below. So that being said, we're going to wrap this up. Thanks again for coming on. It's been, You're welcome. It's been fantastic, man. I uh, can't wait to hear what you got coming up for us. I appreciate it. And y'all keep on on the journey to truth because the truth is the light and it will set us free. That's right. Yes. Amen. Amen. All right, guys. Good night. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next week.